You are now listening to the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast with your host, Lawrence Marino. Welcome back. This is the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Marino. Today, we are joined by Joe Koblitz of BurningRiverBaseball.com. Joe's an Indians site expert. Going to give us the lowdown on the tribe, uh, how they got to the World Series, what did they do for 2017, what kind of prospects they got in the system. Uh, before we get to that, let's pay some bills here. DynastySportsEmpire.com, your home for fantasy baseball leagues, uh, fantasy golf as well this time of year, and uh, a lot more. Get down to the site, DynastySportsEmpire.com, right now for your fantasy baseball league fix. It's baseball season, folks. I know it's football season, and you know that's coming to an end here soon. Uh, it's pitchers and catchers time in the next 30 days. And uh, we're going to get some really good fantasy baseball action uh, going on within uh, the next couple weeks here. So hope to see you down at the site. Hope you're enjoying the show. Give us some feedback. Like us on iTunes and on uh, SoundCloud. That'd be great. Right now, as we mentioned, Joe Koblitz. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Joe Koblitz of BurningRiverBaseball.com, an Indians blog. Uh, Joe is the creator, editor, writer, blogger, head guy over at Burning River Baseball. Uh, Joe, 2016 for the Indians was a dream come true. Uh, I mean, so much happened in one year. How did, how did it happen? How did, the, how did the Indians end up in the World Series? I, the Indians are I, – the turnaround started in 2013 when they brought in Terry Francona. They changed – it was a really big deal, more than even Francona was getting Mark Shapiro into, you know, a kind of financial area, whereas Chris Antonetti was in a personnel area. And every move they've made since then has been great. The drafts have been great. The uh, the signings have been great. It, like Mike Napoli and Rajay Davis on one-year deals. Uh, every reclamation project they try seems like it works out perfectly. I mean, who would have picked Jeff Manship as a superstar or Dan Otero? you know, as one of the best relief pitchers in baseball. No, nobody would predict that stuff, but the Indians front office has been able to make that type of thing happen. Uh, last year, the mantra was party at Napoli's. So, uh, I mean, even though Mike Napoli's going to be on the, it looks like on the outs uh, and not part of the Indians franchise this year, can we can we just line up right now T-shirts that say Fiesta and Encarcion? Well, that was a joke. Uh, Fiesta at Jose's last year because Jose Jose Ramirez was like the understated guy on the team that really I, he was the best offensive producer, even better than Napoli. Uh, I, I, Encarnacion is already a huge fan favorite. You can tell everyone wants the parrots, uh, you know, run around the bases, and it's uh, it, it's pretty exciting to bring him in. It's almost like Napoli was the kind of reclamation project that you bring in when you are kind of sure you're going to contend, but not entirely sure. And then once you're sure, Encarnacion is the type of guy you bring in. I mean, you're losing Napoli. 
um, you are gaining Edwin Encarnacion, and hopefully you're getting back Michael Brantley, which would be huge for the Indians this year. Uh, is is Brantley healthy? Are we going to be able to see him play 2017? I, I'm going to say this. I, I really don't know. But what I'll say is I live in Goodyear, Arizona, which is where the Indians play spring training. And I go to more practices and spring games and different things here than anybody else. And I watched Michael Brantley's batting practice last year during the spring, and he looked great. So I'm not going to believe anything they say until he's actually playing in games this year, because I thought for sure he'd be playing by May of last year and would play the entire season. Just based on watching him field and play batting practice. And, you know, I, I saw him do all these things that you do in a baseball game over and over again during the sp- during spring training. And yet it never came to be. So I, I have no clue. Uh, what was uh, Jonah Carey came out and said that he doesn't think he's ever going to be the same Michael Brantley again. That's and a, that's I, tough I to swallow. Him. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow for Indians fans. I'm sure. Um, you know, and you also let World Series hero uh, Rajai Davis go, and uh, you've kind of filled the shoes with Tyler Naquin. How do you feel about Naquin, Chisenhall, and potentially Brantley being your outfield? It's definitely the weakest part of the team. There's no question about that at all. Davis is such a bigger loss than Napoli, and I thought that he was going to make a lot more than $6 million over one year. I think at $6 million, they probably should have brought him back for one more year. I, the thing is with Naquin, uh, he's a good fourth outfielder. I think he's a decent corner. He's a decent defender in the corners. He he doesn't have great instincts, but he's really fast. So, he, you know, that hurts him in center where he doesn't have the great instincts. And he made a huge error in the World Series. or They didn't call it an error, but whatever. Yeah, he made a huge mistake in the World Series, and it cost the Indians. But I think he can be a decent defender, and he could be a great fourth outfielder. He can hit... Uh, you know, right-handed pitching. <laughs> he has some, he has got some abilities that are really great, but he's not a starter. And I don't think the Indians have looked at him as a starter for years. When they drafted Clint Frazier and Bradley Zimmer, when you pay attention to the prospect rankings and stuff, he just fell to the bottom and nobody cared about him anymore. Everyone was saying Zimmer and, and Frazier, those are your outfield of the future. And then he came up and played well in spring training and he played well early in the year until everyone figured out he can't hit a high fastball. You know, and then he turned into what we thought he was going to be in the first place. I mean, the only the replacements for outfield right now are Brandon Geyer, uh, Almonte, and Ramirez. And Jose Ramirez actually looked pretty good at certain points in the year. No, well, Ramirez is going to start at third base. I don't think there's any question. I they as soon as Uribe left, they put Ramirez at third, and there were options. There were days they could have put him at second. There were days they could have put him at short, and they kept him at third every single day. And I think that was a testament to they're going to do this for the future. Like every day in for seasons to come, he is their third baseman. Uh, as far as prospect goes in the outfield, obviously you've got Bradley Zimmer, who's a highly touted prospect in in the organization. Also, Will Benson, who was drafted uh, pretty high last year. Uh, what do we know about the outfield position for prospects in the Indians? I, I wouldn't talk about Will Benson. I, I saw Will Benson play almost every game last year, and he is so far away from being ready that he's not he shouldn't be in this, the discussion greg allen should be in the discussion greg allen is an incredible speedster he played in uh, uh like high most of last year and 
he played in the AFL this year. I'd expect him to start probably in double A, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was a September call-up for the majors. He steals like crazy. He's a great defender. He doesn't have a great arm. Uh, like Zimmer has a great arm. Also steals a ton. He had 38. Uh, he swiped 38 bags for Lynchburg uh, last year. So that's certainly promising if you're looking for someone uh, to, to get on base and uh, wreak havoc on the base paths. Uh, it's, it's a nice young group. I don't know how it would uh, you know fare if you had another major injury or you needed to, to replace someone in that outfield. I mean, certainly. Well, I, the thing is there's so many major leaguers on the roster already that you've got Almonte can play all three positions, and he's not great, but he's probably going to be pretty much a starter at this point, or at least a platoon bat. Mm-hmm. Geyer can play two or three he might be able to play a little center if you had to have him play there, and he's a pretty good defender in the corners. Jason Hall could probably play all three if he had to, although right. they like him in right. So all these guys are not great players, but they're all pretty interchangeable. So if somebody, if Brantley doesn't play, they still got men to put out in the outfield who are a couple win players. You know, not not exciting, but not terrible. We're talking with Joe Koblitz of BurningRiverBaseball.com, Indians blog and uh, site expert creator of burning river baseball uh the infield joe up the middle i mean lindor and kipnis are two of the game's best and i don't think you really need have any issues i mean in my opinion with shortstop and second base uh the corners you're going to have ramirez as we just mentioned uh first base carlos santana and possibly dh as well uh, what do we see with the first base position being? It looks like there could be, you know, potentially be a hole there. They'll probably just play Encarnacion there five days a week, four or five days a week, and so, maybe sub in some Santana. So you don't the, see, you don't see uh, E five being DH at all. I, no, I think I think uh, he's gonna. I mean, he will DH when he needs a day off or whatever. That's what the Indians do. They they haven't had a steady DH until they got Napoli as the first baseman and started putting Santana at DH. And even then, they'll still mix things around as much as they can to make sure they've got a, a decent lineup in there and people are getting at least half days off. So they'll DH Kipnis if they need to, or they'll DH Lindor just to get him in the lineup and out of the field for a moment. It's going to be nice having a hitter in that lineup like Encarnacion uh, to you know move guys around. The, yeah, it's uh, been a decade. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much a decade since they've had something like that. Yeah, it's going to be nice. Uh, what do you know? What do you? I mean, what do we know about the catcher position right now? Jan Gomes, um, Perez, mediocre at best. Do we call it? Well, you know, you know, what's hilarious is if I was on the show last year, what we were talking about at the time was how the Indians had two starting catchers that every team in baseball would be the envy of. Uh, then <laughs> Gomes had one of the worst seasons in Indians history. Perez was injured almost the entire season. Although the positive is if you saw what Perez did in the postseason, that was more of what Perez had been doing in the minors and, you know, the previous uh, last year, 20, 2016 or 2015. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, but, you know, so he is a good catcher. I think he's good enough to start. Uh, Gomes is obviously he, he won a silver slugger. He, he has been a great catcher. The, I really don't know if it was just injuries or something else. He had a terrible batting average on balls in play, which wasn't his fault. Uh, I think some of that stuff will work out. H- him and Naquin will average it out a little bit. And N- Naquin will come down a ton and Gomes will go up a bunch. I'm not 
particularly worried, especially because they're so both are so good defensively. Uh, the only the two catching prospects in the organization worth mentioning are Logan Ice, and uh, yes, Logan Ice, as in Vanilla Ice, uh, is his last name, and Francisco Maya. Um, in the yeah, Mejia is really the only one. Okay, <laughs> he's really it, and he's not going to be ready this year. So it's going to be. I mean, that's why they wanted Lucroy. That Jonathan Lucroy deal made so much sense, and I don't know that that would have won them the World Series. Uh, they got home field advantage in the playoffs anyway you know they uh Perez hit two home runs in the first world series game so I don't think having Lucre would have made any difference but he may have if he had stayed for next year with the addition of Encarnacion what is what now is the biggest hole in this lineup for Cleveland it's center it's still center field it's been center field it's gonna be center field and I I don't see them doing anything to fix the issue at the moment we're going to move on to the uh, starting rotation, which carried that team last year. Uh, Corey Kluber, Carrasco, Salazar. Uh, then you've got uh, the likes of Josh Tomlin, Trevor Bauer, and uh, prospect Brady Aiken possibly uh, making an appearance this year. What do you think? Oh, no. He, he's way behind even his normal schedule just because uh, he, because he had Tommy John when he was drafted. So he didn't start pitching until last spring, and he's up to, I think, Mahoning Valley now, which is uh, short season A-ball. And he'll probably start next year in Lake County, which is A-ball. So they they take these guys super slow. I mean, Tristan McKenzie, who was taken in that same draft but has an extra year of playing time, has been utterly dominant at every single level. And they are just snail crawling him up (laughs) as slow as they can. Uh, Some of these guys, the guys on the team now we've been watching for years, and they just—they aren't the White Sox. Who the White Sox? They draft a guy, they bring him up immediately. It seems this prospect—this prospect pool was a little bit deeper with Clint Frazier in it. Uh, is there any reason to believe that they're, they're going to keep depleting the the prospect pool to to acquire other players, or is this it for a while? I think they're done. I think this team is as strong as any team in baseball. So there's really no team, no reason to trade prospects i think one move they could possibly do and we've talked about this is they're so deep in the starting rotation and uh with mediocre outfielders as it were that i think they could trade like a lonnie chisenhall or a josh tomlin someone like that who isn't integral to the indian success and could be replaced from within fairly easily and try to get some prospects back but i don't think they'll be looking to add at the major league level at all what was the biggest surprise of 2016 from the starting rotation standpoint that everybody got hurt all the time. Trevor Bauer was playing with a drone and cut his finger. Uh, There's, it was like the worst luck. And Carrasco had an injury. He had a fluke injury early in the season where he kind of tripped over first base and pulled a hamstring and missed a month. And you're thinking, okay, well, that didn't affect his arm, so he's fine. And then he gets hit in the hand by an Ian Kinsler uh, line drive. And it was like, what could possibly, what more could possibly go wrong? I guess if you want a positive one, which I thought maybe was where you're going at, it was that Josh Tomlin wasn't, despite giving up pretty much, he had one less home run than the Indians record for single season home runs allowed. Uh, Despite that, he was still a really good pitcher for the Indians all year. I mean, so that would be the- <laughs> Corey Kluber had the most mileage 
uh, with 215 innings pitched, uh, then 190 by Trevor Bauer. Then it kind of dips a little bit. So uh, are we going to see a little more of that 200 inning production out of the bottom of the rotation? Yeah, Sal. Well, Salazar's not a bottom of the rotation. He could be an ace on a lot of teams. Uh, I think Salazar and Carrasco, both of them missed a lot of time with injury, and both of them should be completely healthy going into the next uh, season. So, I mean, Bauer's going to move back. I, that's what what it's saying with Tomlin. If they didn't have Tomlin, they would have had a lot harder time winning the division. Uh, he might not be that great of a pitcher, but he went out there every five days and threw five innings. <laughs> And yeah. they, they, just with all the injuries, they needed someone who could physically do that. I think you've got guys like Ryan Merritt and uh, Sean Morimondo and uh, Adam Plutko a little bit, but that came up late in the season last year. I think you could see all those guys vying for a fifth spot, maybe to replace Tomlin. But of course, he's he's on such a team friendly deal; it would be really stupid to just dump him. Uh, as a, a lifelong Red Sox fan that I am, I'm you know I love Tony Francona. And, uh, you know, just what he's done for for the Indians is, is fantastic. Uh, we saw it firsthand uh, as part of the Red Sox organization. And, you know, I, I'm jealous. Of course, I wanted it to, the Red Sox to be there, and you knocked us off, uh, you know, pretty pretty easily uh, last year. So, uh, I mean, can we, can we repeat? Can you? Well, not we. Can the Indians repeat this performance and get back to the world series with what they have right now. Uh, I'm going to say the Red Sox didn't get to the world series between 86 and 2004. Right. So they, they had that long drought of not even being there. So like for in my entire life, essentially the Red Sox were never in the world series and then they get there and they win it. Uh, that's, that's great for the Red Sox. The Indians got there twice in my life. <laughs> And lost both times. And I'll say, I say this all the time. In 95, I was happy to be their guy. I was like, oh, we're in the World Series. This is awesome. We're going to be here every year because this team is so good. And then in 97, I was like, well, we got to win this time. You know, and then they didn't. Yeah. Now I'm not happy to be there anymore. <laughs> I, yeah. They need to win this thing. It's been Seal the deal kind of thing. Get it over with. Let's go. They've got to win. So yeah. I think easily they'll win the division. They, the rest of the division isn't even trying at this point. The, the, Twins are selling. The White Sox are set major selling. The Royals are falling apart, and the Tigers are extremely old and should be selling, even if they're not. So I think the Indians easily can win the Central Division again. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously they're going to have competition in Texas and Houston and Boston. And I mean, Boston. Now Chris Sale isn't scary to Indians fans because we crush him all the time. <laughs> But, you know, that's still a really good uh, deep rotation now in Boston, which was probably their biggest uh, problem last year. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm hopeful. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, your bullpen with Cody Allen pretty much handling ninth inning duties uh, all year is great. Uh, he's, he was a fantastic closer for you. He was a rock in the ninth inning. Uh, after that, or before that, rather, uh, Andrew Miller, to set him up, does it does is is it pretty clear what's going on in the bullpen in seventh, eighth, and ninth innings right now? Yeah, I mean, people don't like Brian Shaw, who before Andrew Miller came, he was the eighth man, eighth inning guy, and then Allen was the ninth. With Miller, I really love the way they've used this bullpen, which isn't necessarily this guy goes in the seventh, this guy goes in the eighth. It's oh, there's two lefties coming up in the sixth. Let's use Miller in the sixth. 
and then let's use Allen for two innings or let's use Sean. You know, you can mix it up and use them whenever you need to use them, which is a much more uh, functional situation. Most teams can't do that because most people don't have Andrew Miller. Uh, as far as I'm aware, he's the only person that throws like that. Yeah. I, uh, we're talking to Joe Koblitz of BurningRiverBaseball.com. Joe, there's two questions I like to ask all my guests, and one of them is a baseball question. One of them is a New Year's resolution type question. Uh, as far as the Indians go, which player on the 25-man roster right now will not be there come opening day at the end of spring training? I guess if I'm going to make one that I would like to see is Josh Tomlin. You'd like to see him like go? I like to see him gone and replaced by Ryan Merritt or something along those lines. Okay. And uh, my my New Year's question for you is uh, if you could change anything about baseball as your 2017 resolution, uh, what would it be? Yeah, like on the rules? Anything, <laughs> or... whatever it is, some aspect about baseball that you want to change. And, uh, you know, if they gave you... The... I, I... I'd love a DH in the National League. I know that's probably hack at this point. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I see as many people talking on the other side that they want the American League to get rid of the DH because apparently it's been so poorly served since the 1970s. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I I just grew up, and I, it's probably league by league. If you grew up watching a National League team, you like to watch uh, pitchers bunt. And if you grew up watching the American League team, you like to watch big fat guys slug. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's there's the small ball aspect, which you know, people, some people can appreciate, and some. But the Indian, but you can play small ball and be an American League team. I've watched the Twins since 2000. I mean, that's how they <laughs> they did it for a decade. Yeah, you don't need to waste an at bat every nine at bats just because you're playing small ball. <laughs> that, no, I get the, it. The pitcher's hitting is so dumb to me. I get it. I don't. I don't agree with it. I think you know it should just be one way. Uh, a lot of the guests that we've had on say the same thing, just make it one way. Uh, you know, one of the arguments I've heard is that, uh, you know, you have a, a team play interleague and they don't play for three months and the pitchers don't get to hit for three months. And then all of a sudden you play an interleague game and now the pitchers have to get up there and hit. So, you know, it's a, there's, yeah, a, there's sometimes a disadvantage it's, there I, for the hitters. Like Trevor Bauer was kind of funny, not in 2016, 2015, he when he got up to bat, he did like eight different guys on the team's batting stances. He didn't swing. <laughs> he just kept changing his batting stance to mock the rest of the guys on the team. And that was amusing, but he's a terrible hitter. <laughs> like he can't possibly make contact. So they even they messed around with the World Series rotation just to make sure he didn't bat. Like, oh, you don't terrible. want him hitting at all. I CC Sabathia was fun to watch bat. And you yeah, I guess you wouldn't have seen it. You've seen him pitch probably, but not <laughs> It, yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him pitch a bunch of times. Uh, I I try to avoid watching him watch him hit a ball. He used those big legs to uh, crush one out in Cincinnati one year. Oh, really? Uh, and that was really. And Jason Davis hit a home run. Like I can remember a couple. Dave Burba hit a home run. <laughs> but uh, it, in general, it's really gross watching a starting pitcher try to swing a bat. <laughs> uh, I I mean I don't know how you. I'm sure you've been an Indians fan a long time, but you know I grew up watching. Carlos Baerga and Manny Ramirez and Joey Albert Bell uh, back in the day. So uh, I saw some mashers in my time play for the Indians. Yeah, no, I've uh, – and a lot of those – I mean, at the time watching Albert Bell, I always thought he was a decent defender. But it turns out now we look back and 
they have more stats and they say he was one of the worst ever. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, like I, Eddie Murray was a DH. You weren't going to move him at the time. Uh, but I mean, Travis Hafter was one of my favorite players ever, and he wasn't physically capable of throwing a baseball. He had so many elbow and shoulder issues that he couldn't play in the field at all. So to miss out on his career, which I still think was great, just because he couldn't play in the field, I, I don't think that's fair. Or even, I mean, David Ortiz, there's no way they would have played him in the field. No, nope. Over the last, he, he would have had to retire like three years ago. I agree, 100%. Uh, Joe, thank you for coming on. That's our time for today. Uh, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and uh, if they want to follow up and uh, see any of your stuff all right, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, obviously, you can read all my stuff on burningriverbaseball.com. Uh, we have new content every single day, always Indians-oriented. Uh, we also, I, I have a personal project of mine, have been doing a Cleveland Indians trivia show. Uh, and we are, you can find us on iTunes at uh, Baseball and Brews. It's CLE Baseball and Brews, I believe, if you want to search for it. And it's a, it was, it's somebody else's podcast. But during the offseason, I've been doing a trivia show on there, and it's really fun. So if you like podcasts, Indians, check that one out. Indians trivia, uh, Indians fans, and uh, baseball fans, check that out. If you want to check them out on Twitter, it's oh, burn- Twitter, yeah. Yeah, on Twitter. <laughs> At it's Burning River BB. Burning River BB, that's correct. Joe, uh, thank you for coming on today. Certainly wish, uh, wish you good luck. Hopefully we can have you on again uh, as we get into spring training, talk some more uh, tribe. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Have a good day. There you have it. Joe Koblitz, BurningRiverBaseball.com. Go down and check him out. That's going to do it for our show. Remember, if you are in the market for a fantasy baseball league this year, get your butts down to DynastySportsEmpire.com right now. We are ready to go for baseball season. We got lots and lots of uh, different mini games and dynasty leagues and regular leagues and you name it, leagues. Just get that into it. For everyone over at DynastySportsEmpire.com, I'm Lawrence Marino. Have a great day. I will defend, I will defend, and I'll do all-